Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to your go-to Detroit Pistons podcast, The Pistons Pulse, co-hosted by me, Bryce Simon of Motor City Hoops, a former D1 Hooper and current teacher, husband, and father of three amazing kids. And I'm Omari Sanko for the second, Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. And we are live from Las Vegas, obviously in Omari's <laughs> hotel room, sitting right next to each other on this little couch. We literally just got back from the gym. We didn't get to watch Wimby, Omari. You were working yeah. in the gym. I was talking to people. Like I don't think I saw a second of Wimby play that game because it was post-media working, doing all that stuff. But we're here now, and we're recording the Pistons polls. I saw a little bit of Wimby uh, after the Pistons, obviously. I saw him dunk and make a, a fadeaway midi. But we've been working. We've been working all day, all weekend. Of course, it's been uh, exciting times for the Pistons, being able to watch uh, the Sar Thompson and, and Marcus Sasser and, of course, the returning guys from last season uh, as they are currently 1-1. Uh, we're recording Sunday evening you don't know what day it is i have to think about it for a minute <laughs> vegas time is different right like i i got in friday i feel like i've been here like five six days already and i'm not leaving till wednesday so it's gonna feel like uh, two or three weeks by the time i actually get out of here yeah so uh we guys we're gonna talk about the vegas experience at the end of the episode we'll talk about our meals we've had together and stuff we got to do at the gym something crazy fan interaction we've had has been super super cool but let's talk about the games first so Amari I want to get your thoughts let's just talk about them together and guys I'm gonna be completely transparent I kind of got into some stuff today I didn't catch all of today's game because I was just meeting with some people and doing some networking and stuff like that but I did see all of game one and so let's just start let's go player by player I think that'd be the easiest thing to do let's start with Jaden Ivey because he had a little bit of a rough game, game one, but felt like he yeah. responded tonight in game two. So what are your thoughts on Jaden Ivey so far through two games? Yeah, I mean, Jaden honestly might have just been rusty on Saturday. Uh, first real, I mean, real, in quotes, <laughs> right, basketball uh, since the end of last season. And I think he shot like, what, uh, four for 17 or something uh, Saturday. And then today uh, he comes out, I believe, 22 points, 10 assists. Uh, the Jaden Ivey that you know we saw, especially towards the end of last season, where he just had great command of the game, and you never want to overreact either way in summer league. I mean, obviously we knew the Jaden Ivey we saw Saturday isn't the Jaden Ivey that we saw last season. Outside of maybe a couple bad games, but his baseline, of course, is much higher. But I just thought today it was just a complete 180 from what we saw in game one, uh, where he's moving the ball. I mean, we saw him pulling up from mid range, uh, two of six from three. Uh, which is around the season average from last season. A uh, couple transition opportunities. So uh, just overall really good. And uh, the main thing with Jaden is just when you're a second-year guy, you want to see, if not progress, at least just being one of the best players on the floor. And he was absolutely that today. So no, he didn't have anything to prove per se in summer league, but to see him come out and 
like really show what he showed last season. I thought was really good for him. I think it was big for him to have a good game today, though, Amari. After that first game, and you know the five of nineteen today, he's nine of fifteen, Amari, yeah. and he dishes out ten assists today. And I think we saw a transition even in game one from the first half to the second half. We talked about that last night. Is you know first half it came out and it looks like. I thought he was pressing a little bit. And I think it's one of those things where you come into a game, you feel like you're the best player on the floor, and you just want to show that. You just want everybody to know from the start. And usually that's about scoring the basketball, right? Like you're just going to score the basketball and show everybody how good you are. And for Jaden, it just didn't start out super well, and I thought it snowballed. And then in the second half, I don't know how you thought. I, I think Saturday night he calmed down in the second half dish stuff out a little bit more. And I think Coach Jarrett Jack gave us some insight in the postgame interview that maybe Jaden had missed a few days of practices leading up to this, right? I think he he mentioned that. So he was struggling to get into things a little bit, but it was good to see him play well today. Yeah, he was definitely pressing on Saturday. I mean, there was a lot of opportunities where he probably could have given the ball up and looked for a better opportunity. And he took a step back three or I just tried to force something that wasn't there. And of course, he had four turnovers, I think, in the first six minutes of the game, uh, which is never how you want to start things off. But again, I mean, we knew the Jaden that we saw on Saturday isn't who Jaden is. Uh, we knew, we know what he can do. We know what type of player he is. And today, I mean, it is just a complete opposite of uh, where he was on Saturday, where I think he shot nine for 15, uh, didn't have as many turnovers. He had six turnovers on Saturday. Uh, so had turnover issues as a team, but just a much smoother performance for him and maybe can take some of the heat off from uh, folks who you know thought he regressed from last season off of that performance. I, I will say, that, and this isn't an overreaction. This is how I feel about Jay Nivey Omari. I did think that that first, like I think it just shows he, he's at least not ready to be a point guard right now. You know, and I'm not saying you can't play him as a point guard at all. I think we're going to talk a little bit about what him, Cade, Asar mean for the ball handling situation in Detroit when we talk about Asar. Excuse me, guys. But I did think it showed that having Cade is important for Jaden because even in a summer league game, him being the lead guy and the only real ball handler wasn't exactly great. I also think it's, you know, we haven't seen Sasser do a whole lot of that. So that, again, I think we knew this going into it. But yeah, I mean, Jaden responded today. I would assume we don't see him again. I think personally, I've seen enough for him. I, I like to see how guys bounce back. Wimby's doing it right now, right? Like he did not have a good game on Friday. And now apparently he's blowing up on Saturday, just crushing it. I love seeing it. And, and the other thing, Amari, is this was a back-to-back, which doesn't usually happen in summer league. So that was great to see from not just him, but you know, we'll talk about Asar in just a second. Asar playing a back-to-back. I don't know if Asar's played a back-to-back since... You know, AAU, AAU day, yeah, you know, exactly. I don't know what they did in the OTE. I may be, you know, off here, but I, I think it was big to see him play so well in back-to-back days. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, I know the, the you know, it seemed like guys were, you know, you look at the summer league schedule and it's like a, a back-to-back in summer league, really. Uh, but, you know, you have like a week of practice leading up to it. And uh, this game against Houston today, even though they lost, uh, like obviously I think just to have that continuity from the day before, uh, you know, especially guys like Jaden and, and Duran who have been through it. Uh, you want to see them set the tone. And we could probably talk about JD next, but I think Ivy. Uh, I mean, you just look at the performance and it's like, okay, like I was clearly pressing. Uh, even if you want to be like that dominant lead scorer and kind of set the tone for everybody, you can do it in a way that doesn't, I think, monopolize the offense. And I think that's a bit of what we saw on Saturday, uh, which was still not 
something that we saw him do a lot last season. So there's a lot of debate on if he's a primary guy, secondary. Uh, he can be the primary guy. It's just, you know, he probably don't want him to just be the primary guy, if that makes sense. Like you have Cade and now Asar, uh, who has moved the ball extremely well. Uh, that's going to give him the help he needs and allow him to attack a bit more, uh, which I think next season you could probably put him in that role where he is an attack mode and not necessarily worrying about playmaking as much. Funny you hear from Doug McMinn. Cade has been and always will be the straw that stirs the drink for Piston success. To borrow Reggie Jackson's line, the Yankee one, not the ex-Piston <laughs> Reggie Jackson. But yeah, I mean, and I think that's, you know, it's hard to remember Cade or it's easy to forget about Cade, however you want to say it, because we haven't seen him play in so long. Now, we saw Cade there today. We saw Isaiah Stewart. It was cool to see all those guys there. Uh, Killian Hayes was there as well. But yeah, let's talk about Jalen Duran, the other sophomore. And I think, I think there's some discrepancy here between the fan base on how people feel about what we've seen from Jalen Duran, not necessarily in his production, but kind of how he's going about getting that production right now. Now we did see him in some ball screen and roll stuff today, you know, kind of lob, but he's doing, I don't want to say ISOs Amari, but we see him put it on the deck a little bit. He made a three the other day. I think he took, I think he made three jump shots in yesterday's game. Again, I didn't catch everything today. So I don't know how many jumpers he took and made today, but I'm okay with this in terms of it's summer league. It's mm-hmm. the summer. It doesn't drive me crazy that he's trying some of those things. Where are you at on that? Do you think that's stuff we're going to see continue into the season? Yeah, I would I would be shocked if we see uh, Jalen Duran taking dribble pull-ups from mid-range uh, during the regular season. But I do, uh, you know, I do think eventually he could become a guy who is able to hit spot-up three-pointers. I mean, we've seen that with Isaiah Stewart. We've seen it with Marvin Bagley. Uh, James Wiseman, uh, you know, took some jumpers last season, and he made some threes in summer league as well. So I think there's a pathway. I mean, new coaching staff, obviously, but there's a pathway for Jalen Duran to do that eventually. Uh, The ball handling stuff, the dribble pull-ups, I mean, I think that's just more so summer league than (laughs) what we're going to see in Jalen Duran's back next season. But even if we're not seeing him necessarily do his best Kevin Durant uh, impersonation, I think there is a pathway for him to incorporate that jumper just into his arsenal a little bit more. I mean, if, if it's just like a 17 foot jumper, even, I mean, I think that really opens things up for him. You know, I read the story last season where they're taking cues from Bam out of bio, just as far as his defense and his effort and playmaking, obviously, uh, you know, but he's also a guy that can step out, you know, from mid range and hit some shots. So uh, there's a lot of precedent for what Duran is, is, is doing. And, you know, maybe he did a lot more than what he's going to do during the season, but I think these are things he can build on. We see him, you know, practice his jumper uh, with Isaiah Stewart. I mean, even like last week, uh, we saw them uh, take a part in, in the big second part in, in shooting drills and whatnot. So, uh, you know, it's not like he just woke up and not, not taking any jumpers all season and then decided, you know, and I'm going to just, you know, be out here for it today. It's just something he's been working on, and I think this could be a launch point for that. Well, and like we were talking about at lunch today, this may be like a five, six, seven-year thing for Jalen Duran, right? I brought up Brooke Lopez, not a guy who shot threes a lot early in his career, but now has sustained success and ability to stay in the league because he's expanded the way he can play the game. At some point, even though Jalen Duran is built like a Greek god at 19 years old, he's not going to be built like that and have this just crazy vertical pop that keeps him in the league. So I can understand for him personally, like I don't even mean it selfishly in a negative way, but selfishly saying 
I want to have a 15-year NBA career, not a 10-year NBA career. And that 15 years comes from me being able to knock down shots that I've worked on for these 10 years. So we may never see it in actual, you know, maybe even in Detroit. The other thing is the off the bounce stuff. Yeah, like he's not going to go ISO against Joel Embiid when they're playing the Sixers, but that stuff translates into DHOs and things like that where he does need to do that. And so I think that that is important just to know. I think my biggest thing with Jalen Duran, I think where I'll really have my eyes on, because I assume we've probably seen the last of it. I don't know. We'll talk a little bit about the rest of this roster at a certain point, because if they shut down Ivy, Dern, and Wiseman, it'll be interesting to see who else plays. But I think it's really on the defensive end, Amari. Yeah. And, you know, today the Pistons give up how many points to the Rockets? Over 100 points to the Rockets. And we will talk about a few of those. 113 to the Rockets. I know they're banging shots, but I think that's where I'd like to see Jalen Dern take the biggest leap as we go into the season is how is he navigating in ball screens? How is he protecting the rim? All of those type of things. Because right now I have questions about all three bigs for Wiseman, Duran, Bagley on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, I just think Duran finds himself out of position a lot, and I think he focuses on rebounding more than he does on necessarily being in the right position to contest shots, uh, which is still like a learning curve for him. I mean, he's younger than Asar Tom. He's younger than both of Detroit's rookies. That season. was funny yesterday in the interview. He, said, he called Asar yeah. a kid, and then he corrected himself. He's like, well, I guess we're the same age. And then somebody was like, no, actually, Jalen Asar is older than you. Yeah, no, Asar is like, I think almost two years, like at least a year, like a year and a half older than him. So, like, Jalen's still really young, so early in his development, but – you know, I think defensively, maybe you did want to see a leap from him in the summer league, and I don't know if we've seen that. He did have a nice switch on Anthony Black uh, on on Saturday, where he kind of bothered him and led to a turnover. And uh, you see flashes and glimpses, and obviously he has the tools to be uh, really, really good. You know, defensively, that's part of why they drafted him. But it's not quite there yet, and it just seems like he kind of jumps himself out of position and just isn't quite aware of the rotations he needs to make quite yet. So there's still a lot of advancement he can do in that area. Even though I do think that. Uh, offensively, even just beyond the shooting. Uh, like he led a fast break today where he you know, kicked it to uh, Asar and then Asar bounces it back behind him and wise. And then, oh, nice. you know, you see, you see, you see some like the ball handling flashes. And uh, there's some stuff I think Duran can do offensively that we're seeing that uh, could pay off for him down the road. Like I did think the ball handling looked a little bit better uh, compared to last season. Well, like I, said, I think that does play into the DHOs and just the flow of this offense. And this is something that's kind of exciting right now for me, Omari, because we know what Cade can do. I think Ivy looks better when he's playing off of Cade. We're going to talk about Asar. I promise, guys, I know everybody wants to talk about Asar, and both Amari and I have thought he looked really good. Wes and I have talked about this. Wes hasn't got to watch the game yet either, but Wes texted me after last night's game. and was like, man, Asar looked really good. It was everything he had hoped to see from him. So we'll talk about But, like, they have a real chance to have these guys that really move the ball, play together. The, the half, Jared Jack mentioned the half-second offense. You yeah. know, I, I didn't know if this was a real thing or not. You, we've read articles. People have talked about it. I've talked about it. People have written about it. But hearing it straight out of Jared Jared Jack's mouth kind of gives it some validity that this is truly what they want to do because we know Jared Jack is you know one of Monty's right hand men so half second offense and I think that's something Jalen can really do we talked about Jalen coming out of college part of his scout was people really believed in his feel and his passing ability and like you said at his age what he's able to showcase already is really impressive so I think that just makes for what could be a really fun young core of guys that just really move the ball and can do a variety of things. Yeah, and Asar kind of talked about it today with Jalen, where you have a big, obviously, who's very athletic, yep. is a great lob threat, but along with that, uh, can pass as well. And, you know, if your big can handle the ball and 
I mean, Ivy, uh, Asar, both could be lob threats as guards, or maybe you want to call it Asar or both of those guys wings. Whatever you call them, you know, they're both lob threats, can both lead to break as well. And that gives you just a lot of versatility. And I think we've seen some of that in summer league uh, with Asar, with Ivy, uh, with Duran, that the Pistons have the makings of a pretty good fast break team just with all the, you know, speed, the length, uh, the, the leaping ability they have. Uh, this team is going to just, I mean, I think about how like this team was two years ago and then compared to now, and it's just like, it's night and day. Uh, it's night and day. I mean, it's a genuine debate. Like, who is the most athletic player on this team? It could be three or four guys. So, uh, you know, I think that's fun. And uh, you look at just what they want to do offensively, you know, the point five seconds and, uh, you know, just capitalizing on transition opportunity, you know, things like all teams want to do, but they have the personnel, I think, to do that at a greater level than they have in years past. You know what we have to do, Wes? We have to go pull up some old outlines, and we did the best athlete lineups to see what, like, try to, we got to go pull those up and see who we were scrounging for to get the best athletic lineup, because you're right. I think on those ones, a couple years ago, we were scrounging who to put in the lineup as the fifth player, and now you're going to be leaving off some really athletic dudes when you do the best or most athletic lineup, but Asar talked about it today, even transition. And again, I think that's where this team can be really fun. And I know people push back on that a little bit, Amari, because in the playoffs, the game slows down, right? We know that. This team is going to have to learn to play in the half court and win games in the half court at a certain point. But if they truly want to win as many games as possible this year, I think being one of the faster teams is something that can lead to success. You give Cade the ball and let him – you know who's really led the break really well is Asar. I feel like every time Asar has got a grab-and-go or got out in transition with the ball in the hand, his hands, he's made a good decision. You know, obviously, he's got to be able to knock down shots. I think he airballed a fadeaway jumper on the baseline today. The, the, the shot's going to come around. But let's go ahead and start talking about Asar. I don't know how you feel. He's been as advertised to me. I don't, this is complete compliment, but he's been everything I thought he was going to be so far. And he was even better today on the second of a back-to-back, which I don't think should be undervalued or underappreciated for a rookie coming yeah. from the OTE. I think that's big time. No, absolutely. I mean, everything Asar did at OTE, where obviously he's a Swiss Army knife. Uh, I mean, what, it was like 16 points, six rebounds, six assists, good block and steal numbers, I think like four total blocks and steals. He was doing everything. And you have a lot of conversation or debate about the just the, the transition from that level of basketball to the NBA and obviously summer league is somewhere in the middle of those two. But it's like Trey Weaver said, like, you know, Holly Berry looks good, <laughs> like in church or uh, at the grocery store or the fair or like whatever it was. To pay. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was it, but uh, the quick processing is quick processing. Right. And I think we've seen that Asar has a very, I guess I would say like a holistic approach to the game where yeah. it's not like he's not focused on any given thing. It's just whatever the right play needs to be, like that's what he's going to do. And just makes stuff, makes really quick decisions too. Like I remember game one, uh, like he gets the ball at half court, just immediately whips it to a uh, perfectly placed pass to Wiseman to get him a duck. And then he had, I think Sasser grabbed the defensive rebound later on in that game and he gets it to a Sar. Sar races up the court, finds Rowan in the corner and gets him a corner three. And he's just done a lot of that stuff. I mean, he had to bounce pass, like, uh, after he got it from Duran, he just kind of whips it behind him, uh, right to Wise when he gets him a dunk. And, I mean, the blocks and steals, it's like, I don't even, none of the blocks or steals were even, like, just really, like, thunderous or, like, yeah. memorable yeah. plays. He just kind of does it. And 
uh, usually got the, the stat line. Like, I, I didn't realize he had three blocks, like, on Saturday until I got the stat in the fourth quarter. Like, wait, he has three? Like, I remember the couple of them, but I didn't realize he had same. three. I was the same um, way. And then today, I think he had two blocks and he had three steals. Three steals it's yeah. just like, he just, like, he just stacks numbers up. Uh, six assists, I think he had the second, the highest amount of assists today after Ivy. Uh, I mean, just moves the ball really well. I mean, I, I could just talk about his processing endlessly, but he really does process the game quickly, and that's going to really, I think, raise the floor for this team next season. All right, let's go to a short break here, Amari. When we come back, let's keep talking about Asar. I want to talk about his interview, some of the rest of his game, what yeah. we can expect, how he's going to fit with this roster. So we're going to go to a short break right here. When we come back, we'll still we'll keep talking about the number five overall pick, Asar Thompson. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back with segment two. And we're going to keep talking about Asar. Uh, I will say, and this is not just us or whatever, but again, you get back to the level of competition and how certain things will translate. And this summer league is starting to get to the NBA. But I think just to get a player that you know is really smart, uh, Phil's hose just athletically as a playmaker, connector, and then defensively as well, because I think he's been defensively really sound as well. Uh, Troy Weaver had the Andre Iguodala comparison. I think I think that's been pretty apt so far. I think he's really kind of lived up to just what Iggy was, just like as an all-around talent. You talk about the shooting, but just I don't. We talk about what role will Sar play and what minutes would be there for him. But if he's doing what he's doing now next season, I just don't see how he's not at least the sixth man. Well, that's what like he's such a connector, and every team yeah. needs a connector, and that's what I've. I've talked to different people here this weekend and, you know, we don't need to get into the whole Andre Iguodala was a really, really good player, guys. So when we compare Azar to Andre Iguodala, who was a finals MVP on top of all of the other stuff he did, averaged 20 points a game one season with the Sixers. Like, this is a huge comp and a really good outcome for a number five overall pick. So I just want to make sure everybody understands that. And if you don't agree that about Andre, then what, this is what we're saying whenever we say Andre Iguodala. That's the type of player we think the Pistons are getting. To me, if Caden and Ivy are what we think they are, Amari, if Jalen Duran turns into what we think Jalen Duran could be, Asar is actually a really good fit to that. I've admitted this on the pod. I kind of misevaluated Asar. I tried to pigeonhole him into this like scoring, bucket-getting wing, and that was completely off. And that's why I was a little lower on him overall for the Pistons. But once I saw the vision of who he can be and the type of things he can do, it made a whole lot more sense. And we're seeing it play out. And I realize it's summer league and overreactions. I get it. I get on people about it, and I still do it. But I still think it's impressive that he's doing it. We're not talking about because he went and scored 30 points. We're talking about him doing the little things. And again, I know I continue to reference Jared Jack. Jared Jack said it about him as well that like he almost is a garbage man in the sense that he'll just do whatever you need him to do. And I'll tell you what, I love 
I didn't interview or I didn't ask any questions because I never do. But just listening to the interview today, very humble kid, kind of shy, kind of quiet, but just had this, you know, very just like great, wholesome kid ready to learn. I know there's a picture going around today. He was talking to Jerry West, I think, after we had all cleared out. Mm-hmm. He just seems like a great kid. All the intel about him and his brother coming out of OTE seems to be true. No, he's really uh, personable and was really thoughtful in his answers and how he talks about the game. And I was pre- present even in his first interview, just where he talked about the game. He really seems like a basketball nerd, really understands how the game is meant to be played. I will say, I think part of the misevaluation, I guess I would say with overtime elite, is that Ahmed and Asar had to do everything. They didn't have a choice to not score. So, you know, you compare that to versus maybe if they played for a Duke or a Kansas where you may not even be uh, like the best player on your team, but you may play more of a secondary or even like, uh, you know, or you're like the third best prospect, right? Like maybe you have guys on that team, like maybe you're playing through your big or you have more of a score force guy. And in that scenario, maybe the unselfishness for Sar pops a little bit more. And not that they were selfish in overtime elite. I mean, they both averaged around six assists a game and moved the ball really well. But Asar had to play more of that scoring role. So I think that maybe his lack of shooting stands out a bit more when teams are playing three feet off of him and he has to ball constantly. But in summer league, we're seeing he is like just folding in to the hierarchy, right? Like he's not trying to be the guy. He's not trying to get his own looks. Uh, He's just doing what needs to be done uh, on any given possession. And I think his just moment-to-moment consistency has also been really, really good. So if there's any... I think it's just tough to evaluate him in overtime elite where those two guys are the guys and then they basically were the face of the league. Um, if they were in college or even overseas and you have a little bit more around you, maybe we would have seen that a bit more and then this wouldn't be as much of a surprise as it is. Well, and I think what's impressive is, you know, we, we have to give him credit because what did we all talk about during the evaluation was – OT is not high-level competition. OT is not high-level competition. Think about the jump he's having to make, then, Amari. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to give him some love then because we critiqued him or at least said, hey, this is a hard part of our evaluation is he's playing against 18-year-old kids who are just these high school kids, not even the elite. We're not even talking about Montverde kids and stuff like that. And now he's playing against... You know, and it's not just rookies, right? We know these other guys like that have been around the league. James Wiseman, for example, has been around the league for three years. I know he hasn't played a lot of games. I'm, we'll talk about Wiseman in a second. But just saying, this has been a big jump for him. And another thing that makes me feel confident about it, Amin played well in the minute he got. Now, unfortunately, he rolled his ankle. And it sounds like it was, it was a pretty good roll. He was in a walking yeah. boot today. So, you know, shout out Amin. And hopefully he heals up and gets back quickly. I know we probably won't see him anymore in summer league. But this is a big jump for them. And so kudos to him for being able to handle it so well. I'll just say again, like I just think him playing next to Cade and Ivy is is really going to be nice. And I think the big thing for him I'm going to now watch this year, because I I kind of bought into what he's going to be offensively, is how good can he be defensively year one? How good is he going to be? Is he going to be able to take these premier matchups and hold up? Is he going to be good off the ball? Because one of my concerns was they had developed some bad habits with their off the ball defense. But, you know, I haven't noticed it a ton. I saw a couple in game one. Again, I didn't like super focus on game two. So when I watch it back, I'll watch that. But how good can he be defensively this year as a rookie? Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, he could throw a rookie into the fire and say, hey, go defend LeBron or, you know, go defend Tatum or whoever. And, uh, you know, most people are going to struggle with that, let alone a 20-year-old rookie. But uh, that's, that is what they envision him eventually doing and becoming as he gets deeper into his career. 
And he will get some of those opportunities, I think, because uh, he has the tools. He's six six, uh, you know, seven foot wingspan, which gives you the ability to defend one through four. Or if Grant Williams is that center, you know, probably one through five, uh, just depending on the matchup. And he's got the tools. He's got the instincts. Like you don't just luck into getting like what he's probably at like uh, what eleven total blocks and steals through three games, which is pretty absurd, especially with ten minute quarters and. Uh, I'm sure he probably didn't play more than 30 minutes in either of those games. So just super hyper-productive already. And I think that just speaks to the instincts and, you know, just some understanding what he needs to be done. Even today, I mean, we were talking about his defense, and he's like, I can, I can play with more effort. I can make better rotations, <laughs> this and that. Like, I was trying to get him to talk himself up a little bit so I could write a story. And he's like, no, actually, I suck. Like, <laughs> no, he, didn't see, like, he, he, he didn't say that, but he's just, like, being humble and, you know, talking about what he, what he could do better. But Already, I think the signs of him becoming that type of guy are pretty are pretty promising. Yeah, he has nine stocks, so nine yeah. steals and blocks, and he hasn't played more than 30 minutes in either of those games, like 29 and 27. So it's just, I don't know. Here's the thing. I just, I'm excited about what I've seen. If there was a perfect script for what Asar Thompson has looked like through two games in Summer League, I feel like this is what it would be. I think some people may be like, oh, yeah, we'd like to see him knock down threes. So I shouldn't say perfect script. I said, like, that. This is really, really good to see for me, you know, because I, I didn't expect him to come in and bang four or five threes. I guess that would be the perfect, right? If he was yeah. banging threes and the shot just looked crazy good, that, that's probably the perfect script. But I, I think it's looked really good, and so I'm really excited. And I think he is a guy we'll see play for the, the rest of the summer league. What will be interesting, Amari, is if Jaden doesn't play and maybe Jalen doesn't play, maybe James Wiseman doesn't play, now you're putting Asar in a different role. And so one yeah. thing I want to point out is, don't overreact if all of a sudden, you know, he has four or five uh, turnovers or something because right. I- I'm cool with it. Let's put the ball in his hands now. Let's see what happens. I would rather do it in summer league because I don't know that he's ready to do it in season. So yeah. let's see for a couple of games here in summer league. He's played really well. He's played the role you want to see during the season. All right, let's see what he can do with the bigger role. And maybe he surprises all of us and really flourishes. But I could see maybe him doing a little bit more of that. We are talking about in the lift on the way over – you know, can he handle the ball well enough that you have your three primary ball handlers with Cade, Ivy, and Asar? And then what does that leave you for a backup point guard? If all three of those guys can do it, you can stagger their minutes. So I think his versatility gives you a lot of options. I'm looking forward. I'm assuming Ivy's probably done after today. He doesn't really have anything else to prove. I do want to see Asar get some on-bar reps because, uh, again, he played off of his brother at overtime elite, but obviously was still a very productive passer and I'm just curious to see once you get outside the confines of that, uh, you just put a star on the ball. Uh, how much can he create for himself? Right? Can he get to the rim? Can he finish? Uh, you know, and how much of that playmaking uh, when you're in a half court scenario rather than you know just capitalizing in transition? Can he do? So I think that could be a really fun storyline. You know, for the last you know game or two or three, I mean, however many more he plays than the Pistons have. Um, you know, just from a developmental standpoint, because if he can do uh, those on-ball reps, then uh, that probably kind of changes your evaluation of him as a player. Yeah. In general, it changes your evaluation of, you know, Detroit's roster and, you know, this and that. Like, obviously, the way it's shaped now, he's probably more of a three. But I do think there is a chance he could be like one through three, like whatever lineup you need, like he can do that. Uh, just he processes the game so quick and, I mean, positions are kind of meaningless now anyway, right? There, yeah. There's a lot of on-ball guys who are not, like, the most amazing passers, right? Like, you know, like Marcus Smart, obviously one of the better players in the NBA. He's not, like, this amazing, like, four-general type of, of point guard. But you can still build around that and, uh, you know, use him in a row that 
really fits the team as a whole. So uh, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see on ball Asar. I want to see if this uh, I guess uh, pegging of 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 him and Amen like one being more on ball, one being off. Uh, how much validity there is to that, and yeah, especially if they shut Jaden Ivey down, we should be able to see some of that. Yeah, like you said, and here's the thing, guys. It's two summer league games, and we all love the Andre Iguodala comp, but I've talked to a couple people this weekend as well. It's like, I think there's a lot of guys you could comp to Andre Iguodala, and they don't turn into Andre Iguodala. So, you know, there's, I think there's a real fine line with these guys. And, of course, if Asar develops a jumper, things change a little bit. But what keeps him from eventually just being Evan Turner, you know, and Evan Turner had a, you know, a 10 year NBA career or something like that. But there is that outcome as well, where that's not great value at number five in the top, you know, Evan Turner was the number two pick and I don't think anybody would think he's returned number two pick value. And so I I don't even know if I can pinpoint what is the specific thing that keeps somebody in that archetype from being Andre Iguodala compared to Evan Turner. You know what I mean? But that is, you know, something as well. And I'm sure there were times Evan Turner looked really good. He actually had some really good seasons. But so I just want to say, while we continue to use the Andre Iguodala comp, I think that's a hard archetype to hit a 100% outcome. And so that's why I love boosting him and I'm excited about it. We got to keep that in mind as well. That's not an easy archetype to hit as opposed to like, you know, maybe a bucket getter off the bench who all you got to do is go in and bang threes or something like that if that's what we were looking for. So it's it's there's just a lot of nuance to that role within a team. But so far, he looks like he's going to be able to play it well. And I do think they have some of the other pieces that really fit into needing that type of player. Absolutely. We have about nine, ten minutes left in segment two. So let's get to some of the every guys. I know James Wiseman has had a lot of eyes on him. Uh, obviously, he's going into year four, but he's just not played that much basketball. I think uh, he's in his career, he's played 33 more minutes than Jalen Duran has, which is like a really crazy <laughs> stat. But also, uh, you know, he missed time with an injury. And of course, he's playing for a contending Golden State team before he got here. So he it was in a situation where he needed the summer league reps. And I think the best thing you can say about James Wiseman is that he has been in both games, one of the best players on the floor. And I think regardless of the minutes played, like you're in year three for an NBA, you do want to see him be a step above a lot of guys. And I would say he's, he's done that. He's one of their best players on Saturday. Uh, he picked up where he left off today. He had the 17 and 10 double, double, uh, you see some shot making outside of the paint. Uh, I think defensively he's been pretty solid and I mean, the usual back to the basket, you know, just plays at the rim, you know, dogs, laps, whatnot. He's been all around pretty good. So I think he's done enough to kind of position himself well going into this uh, this fourth season. And of course, restricted free agency of the year. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing with Wiseman is, you know, two double doubles. So I think he's done what you wanted to see, essentially, yeah. right? Like you want him to come in and kind of dominate games. And I, I realized they didn't dominate the game today. And I do want to talk a little bit about some of the other players we've seen play against Detroit, because I know one of those guys you like to talk about, and you took some heat because we talked about him so much a few weeks ago in Anthony Black, Anthony you Black. know, Cam Whitmore today, Jabari Smith Jr. So I do want to talk about some of those guys, but yeah, Wiseman has just done what you wanted to. And I feel like I'm being unfair, Amari. Like, I truly am. I got to get past this because it's like, yeah, it's his fourth year in the league. He should be dominating summer league. But you gave us some great context with how close the minutes are. And that was something I did when they traded for him. And so I don't think I don't think I'm being fair to Wiseman. I, I'll be honest, Amari. I didn't love his 22 games or whatever it was last year with Detroit. And so I guess right now I'm just like, I just want to see it in the season. I think yeah. that's where I'm at. I don't know that seeing anything in summer league was going to sway me strongly one way or the other. I, I feel like more than some of the other fans, 
I kind of like Marvin Bagley the third, but I, I like Wiseman too. It'd just be really interesting to see how that big man rotation plays out in general. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to see all of those guys get some minutes, but I also want to see Isaiah Stewart get some minutes at the five. So it's just going to be tough to see kind of who Monty and Troy and the organization prioritizes. But I will say this, Wiseman has shown out in these two games to where you could see where they would want to give those minutes to him. So I just think it'll be really, really interesting to see how those things play out. Yeah, I mean, it's still uh, pretty uh, busy depth chart uh, at the top of that rotation with all the bigs. And, uh, you know, of course, they go with the two bigs starting starting five in summer league, Duran and Wiseman. And both those guys have some outside shots, which which helps. But I don't know if I trust any of them defensively as power forwards yet. And, you know, of course, you can say the same thing about Marvin Backley the third as well. Uh, you know, I think Isaiah defensively is probably the best four of that group. But, you know, as, as the roster currently is, it's going to be some tough decisions uh, for that coaching staff to make as far as what they're willing to give up and if it's really playable to, you know, have all four of those guys in their rotation when I think there's a lot of skill overlap and uh, probably not as good of a fit as you would like. You know, do you want Duran, you know, behind the, <laughs> the three-point arc, uh, you know, for like half of his minutes every night or like even the same for Wiseman? Like, I don't know if you do. Uh, but I would just say I think Wiseman's just been solid in summer league and uh, hasn't had a truly dominant game. But, you know, I think you would probably worry a little bit if you saw him, like, really struggle or look like the moment was too big for him. He had a really nice pass to during the day. Like, that's the small stuff you want to see Yeah, uh, where he's, like, keeping his head up. He's, uh, like, aware, like, making those types of plays and uh, trying to fit into the overall flow of the offense because – I also thought that the team didn't necessarily do him any favors last year with just shutting a lot of the key guys on the roster down. Yeah, and, too. you know, and he's trying yeah. to, I mean, it just put him in a position where he has to do probably a lot more than he needed to as well, which just out of fairness to him. So uh, this is, has been a good environment for him, and I think he's fair pretty well. And I just want to mention real quick, Isaiah Livers hasn't been playing here in summer league. I think it's been reported just personal issues yeah. with Isaiah. And so, you know, he hasn't played any game. I, I was hoping we would see him play. Obviously, I don't know if he'll eventually come out or not. I, I don't think we haven't seen him around while we've been out here and around the team before after games. So we'll have to see what will be interesting to me, Omari, is if Wiseman's done and Duran's done, well, we're going to see some young bigs on this Pistons roster the rest of the summer league. Jack Nunn, Tosan, who was the two, or sorry, Exhibit 10 undrafted free agent. Um, so, you know, we'll get to see some of those guys. Obviously, Tosan's not a five, but just at the four. So we'll see some of those guys play. Let's talk about Marcus Sasser before we get into anybody else. And then we can talk about, you know, Roden, some of those guys. Sasser, I thought, had a really good game yesterday. Today, I feel like he didn't pop quite as much, had three points. But I liked what I saw yesterday with him, and I just think he's one of those guys that's going to get after it defensively. I think the shot-making is going to be real. Essentially, kind of like what we've said with Asar, but with Sasser, it's, I think he's going to be what we thought he was going to be. Yeah, I think some of the three-point shot-making we've seen from him has been good. Uh, he had a couple uh, movement threes on Saturday. I don't know. I think the one today might have been a movement three, too, actually. Okay. Uh, you know, like defensively, I think he's been pretty active. I wrote a story. Well, a story ran. Uh, today, actually, where I talked to his, his uh, former coaches and teammates at Houston just about what kind of stood out about him. And uh, Jamal Shedd actually just talked about just how big his hands are and obviously the wingspan that he can really get at it defensively. So, uh, like, along with Lassar, like, if Ivy doesn't play anymore, like, I think Sasser having more on-ball reps, maybe being more aggressive. I'd be curious to see what that looks like because, I mean, he was just an absolute dog, like, especially his last two years at college. Like, one of the best shooters in college uh, defensively just – 
really gets into guys like this has really great instincts. Uh, and despite being six one, like six seven wingspan, like the big hands, like I said, he's just got a lot going for him on that end of the floor. So would be very curious to see just how he fares, uh, just with more responsibility. Yeah, and so I think we'll see more of Jared Roden. We're going to see more Amude. Buddy Beheim has shot the ball pretty Buddy well. Buddy Beheim has shot the ball well. He's, yeah. I mean, that's what Buddy's supposed to do, right? Like, and yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a shooter like Buddy, that you got to come in, you got to knock down shots. And yeah. that was one of my frustrations last year. Him being on a two way, he'd get a chance to come in the game, and he didn't make shots. And yeah. like, it seems cruel, but if you're going to be a three point shooter, because we know Buddy's not going to come in and just be this plus defensively, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, we just that's not going to be the case. And so if you're going to do that, then you got to come bang shots, right? Joe Harris, if he's shooting 33% from three this year for the Pistons, then that's not going to be very productive for them because we know Joe Harris isn't this lockdown defender. If Joe Harris is shooting 43% from three this season and 50% on open catch and shoot. That's a productive player that helps out the offense and helps guys develop and grow. And so that's obviously Buddy's path to any legitimate NBA career. And props to him. He's got his chance. It's not easy to sit on the bench all game, Omari, and then come in cold. And yeah. I'll tell you this, guy: the, These gyms have been packed for these summer league games. Like yeah. There's real crowds. And I think that adds an element to what these guys are playing against. I mean, these Wimby games are insane. We can talk more about this after the break, but you know, he's not just knocking down shots in an empty gym is what I'm saying. Both of these games have been in Thomas and Mac in the big gym out here in Vegas. And so props to him, you know, again, I think Rodin has been okay. And Moody, Kazawan has got some major minutes and, and played some stretches. I think Kiefer Sykes had a little bit of time. And like I said, we're going to get to see some of these other guys, I think Simpson played a little bit today, if I remember right. So these guys are going to get some more time as we go throughout this, and we'll get a chance to really evaluate them and see, you know, can they make a two-way summer, or uh, excuse me, the G League roster play for the Motor City Crews this season. Yeah, there's some intriguing guys on this roster. I'm looking forward to watching Tucson, uh, just being a big 6'8 playmaking uh, wing who was really good for the Princeton team last season that made the Sweet 16. So they've got some intriguing guys. We'll definitely be watching these next two games closely. I'll have a couple of days off, but they'll be back Wednesday. So uh, next week we'll get to the rest of the roster and kind of what we saw from those games. So we're going to go ahead and go to our final break. And in segment three, we will just talk the weekend, Summer League, been kicking it all week. So it's been fun. So we'll just get into the fun part of it. Yep. Well, right after this short break, we'll, we'll get into just Vegas and what we've experienced, some of the spots we've eaten at, how Summer League's been. Everybody listening right now, watching right now, we appreciate you. We know it's like almost 11 o'clock uh, yeah. back east, so we appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll, we got some ratings, some reviews to talk about, Amari. We got some fun stories. We'll do all that right here. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back with segment three. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with uh, some of the reviews we've got. I think we got like two or three uh, over, over the last week, which is a really uh, busy week review-wise. Uh, Michael Dampier is Mr. Korean Barbecue. We'll get to <laughs> we'll that. We'll get to it, Michael. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we hit up uh, Asian Barbecue. Or Sorry. Yeah, it was Asian, right? Yeah, Korean yeah. Barbecue. Oh, Korean? Yeah. 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 Same. 
No. <laughs> While sports talk has evolved into fanboys with microphones, these guys offer grounded, common sense sports talk. Love it. This was from D Smith, thirty six thirteen. Awesome podcast. Um, then we got one a little more neutral. This was from Ronald Dupree. He said, solid, gave us a three-star, solid podcast. would be nice to hear some form of criticism towards an organization that's been poorly run since 2008. Some balance would make this a better podcast. I do enjoy the guests who've been on the show. We, I will say this. We get some really, really good guests, Amari. Mm-hmm. I got to give us some props for that. Listen, I, I understand that, especially me, we've talked about this. I'm the eternal optimist in the Pistons fan base. People think you work for the organization and can't say anything negative. Which is false. I I work for the free press. I don't get a check from the press. I don't. I get it. I guess I do get it. But yeah, I think we're just going to try to see positive sides of things. I feel like we critique people. You know, however long, nine months ago, we were getting crushed because we didn't have Jaden Ivey's points per game at 20 per game in the preseason, you know. So I don't know. I feel like we give our honest opinions on it. I don't feel like I'm ever trying to sugarcoat things or keep it positive. Like, and I'll tell you this, like we've talked, we know who listens to the podcast and like, we know, and and it's like, yeah, we could play it that way, but we don't. I, I feel very confident saying that the takes I give, the opinions, the analysis I get is how I truly feel about things. Yeah, same. I, I know, like, folks are frustrated because they had cap space. And, you know, I think you go through a cycle where you talk about cap space, cap space, cap space. And people are like, why are we going to spend it? We're going to do all this stuff. And, uh, you know, and then they just make a couple of trades and it's kind of like, uh, you know, like your parents are loaded and they just bought you like socks and underwear for Christmas. And you're like, uh, I guess you don't really love me, huh? Does that really happen? Do people really get socks and underwear for Christmas and that's it? Um, that hasn't happened. I, you yeah. know, I, maybe. Wes says yes. Wes, <laughs> Wes you've had this experience. <laughs> Wes, is, Wes is shaking his head. Yes. You know, Wes, Wes probably was being a bad kid. And they just... <laughs> No, that's actually a good gift. I actually like getting socks. Though. I always right. need socks. I lose socks a lot. So that's how it changes, right? Yeah. Like you get to our. Well, I'm way yeah. older than you, but you get to. <laughs> by the we'll get we'll get to the Rockets head coach stuff here in just a little bit. So this is from Johnny 2054. Excellent podcast, game. So we're almost we're at 181 ratings on Apple, guys. Thank you. So let's get to 200 here as soon as we can. Almost like 250 on Spotify. Again, YouTube. Give it a like, follow, subscribe. However, YouTube works. We appreciate all that. He says, 20-year-old Pistons fan from Oklahoma here. So 20, I love that people are letting us know how old they are now because we talked about the age. Said, love the front office insight from Amari as well as the fan perspective from Bryce. Two high-level ball knowers that are a joy to listen to. Keep up the good work. I appreciate a listener from Oklahoma. Obviously, I live in Kansas, as most of you guys know. Sometimes that's a shock to people. But, um, again, guys, we always appreciate these. And then one last one. This was actually from Threads, which Amari is not on. Just want everybody to know that. But Motor City Hoops is. um, And he just said he's going to watch from Malaysia. Now, this was when we were going to do it in the morning. So, I have no idea what time it is in Malaysia right now. So if you're not being able to watch live, I'm sorry. Hopefully you're going to catch this whenever you wake up or get off work or however it is in Malaysia right now. But again, it's just so cool to hear all these people listening all over the world. No, for sure. I mean, there are, there are business fans everywhere. Like they're truly a global team. Of course, NBA is a global game. A shout out to Jack Kelly, who's here in uh, the summer league all the way from Australia. And he said it took him 24 hours to get here, but that's just the, dedication for fans all over the world right you know to come in and 
celebrate this great sport. So thank you for watching for Malaysia. Uh, sorry you couldn't watch this episode, but of course we'll record every week. So there'll be plenty of opportunities and we record all different times of day. So <laughs> hopefully we'll get one, like, just like a, a perfect time for our Malaysian fans to sit down and watch. That's one of the coolest things about these lives, Omari, is, you know, we're not saying, hey, yeah. every Sunday at this time, we're just rant. Like today we changed it from the first thing this morning or yesterday or whatever. We changed it from 10 a.m. this morning to whatever time it is right now. And so people still tune in. We appreciate it. And I'll say one of the coolest experiences, and I know this is a little different than what we usually do, guys, but, you know, we're out in Vegas at Summer League, so we're going to talk about this stuff a little bit. So if, if you're not into it, we get it. You know, tune back in next week. We'll be talking ball like always, but we're going to take a chance here for 10 minutes to talk about this stuff. And there are people who are here specifically for the food sakes, too. So this <laughs> is like the highlight of the episode for them. Like, they're waiting uh, 45 minutes throughout a ball talk to get through, like, the food takes. So. I said, we talked to somebody today that was like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in this stuff. I'm going to yeah, have to exactly. go listen to the food takes. But one of the coolest things, Amari, Two or three times in the last two days, I've been walking in the stands and people have yelled out my name to tell me that they listen to the pod. I mean, like, just I'm a nobody around, you know, and like people recognize the pod. They recognize us. They listen. They appreciate it. It's, it's legit one of the coolest things. Last night I was walking out to, to go home and somebody's like, Bryce, what's up? And so I went around said what's up, you know, introduced myself, talked to him. His buddy was there for the bachelor party, all of that stuff. We took a picture. Like it was so it was so cool. Today I was standing up on the just in the mezzanine or whatever. Somebody walks up and just says, hey Bryce Simon. I was like, yeah. He's like big fan of the Pistons polls. You know, people reached out. I got to connect with so many people. Met Jack in person. You had already met Jack. I yeah. haven't met Jack. It's it's just it's just really, really cool, Amari. I could never imagine we'd get to this. Me and Wes grinded through a lot of episodes where nobody was listening and nobody cared. And now we're, we have more listeners right now than some of our episodes used to get total. That's what I'll say. And so it's just really cool to now people recognize us walking around the gym. Yeah, it's but like being a, a a writer and reporter. A lot of times, you just do the job. You forget that people like read your stuff. <laughs> and now, now I'm doing the same thing with the pod, where it's like I have to sit down and talk, you know, hoops with for an hour with uh, Bryce and, and and Wes every week, and then you find out people listen to it. They're like, <laughs> "Hey, I listen to the pod." I get I get recognized from the pod more than like from my writing, uh, which is which is crazy, but. Uh, you know, Bryce, you have a, a pretty distinctive voice, so you probably just like talking. People are like, "Oh, like that's Bryce," you know, because you look just like the uh, Houston Rockets head coach. And there's also a guy, um, the, the Pistons well, assistants too. Yeah, like yeah, like all three of y'all could be trip triplets. So you know, maybe there was a few other ones where they mistake them for you. So you know, it was like three people. Could have been like eight or nine. How <laughs> funny would it be if the Pistons assistant coach somebody came up like, "Oh, you're Bryce Simon from the uh, Pistons Bulls." Like, no, I'm the assistant coach of the Detroit right, Pistons. Like, what are you talking? Like, who's no. Bryce? No, he, he's actually like, oh, thank you for mistaking me for Bryce. He's a great guy. No, it's, it's just, it's been really cool. Um, it's been an awesome experience. And yeah, so Friday night, I don't know what day it is. It, you really do lose track of it. Friday night? Was that our first night? Yeah, uh, yeah I got yeah. in Friday. We both got in Friday. Yeah, so Friday yeah. after the games, we try to get an Uber. We yeah. can't get one, guys. Legit, we can't. We watch Wimby. The app was lying. The app was lying. So the app was like, Uber will be here in seven minutes. And then it was seven minutes later, it said like five minutes. Like five minutes after that, it went back up to seven. <laughs> then it said two for a little bit. Then it went up to 10. Then we're just standing there in the heat for like a, a half hour. And it's like, we are starving. Like, okay, so I got in, uh, I had like an a 8 a.m. Eastern flight, right? You know, which is like 5 a.m. Pacific. 
And I don't think we ate until like 10 p.m. Yeah, so it was like late. pretty much a full day where neither of us had really had anything to eat, you know, because Bryce got in a couple, a couple hours after me. Uh, so we just walked to this. I was just like, we just, we're just going to walk somewhere. We're like, walk. We yeah, were going to take we a We were Uber. not going to get an Uber anyway. Yeah. I, I don't even remember where we were going to Uber too. Uh, but it was just like, we just couldn't find an Uber. So we were just like, well, we just walked somewhere from the arena. So like 12 minutes away. Uh, there is a Korean barbecue spot, like the strip mall that has like 4.5 stars. And I haven't been there. So I was just like, okay, like I like Korean barbecue is good. So we'll just do that. Uh, we know with like a group of people, like the, the other Pistons people, uh, like my guy, Evan Barnes, who covers uh, the Brooklyn Nets now for Deuce and the Michael Coe, the Grizzlies writer yeah. for the commercial Some appeal, Laura Williams really used cool. to cover the, uh, Lauren joined us at Lotus to see him actually yeah. the next day. Uh, she had a, a, a Hawks game that night. Uh, and we'll talk about Lotus to see them in a little bit. But um, you know, we had like seven people, like Rod Beard, like Mike, like just a really good group of people. And the barbecue was fantastic. Uh, Amari, people, Amari burned some of it, though. Like, I didn't. Some of it needed to be burnt. Like, that's the like that, like that that's how you get the flavor. It wasn't burnt. It burnt. It's just. It's is that just, a true? Is that fact? Can somebody confirm that you're supposed to burn it? Well, not. Well, it's not burnt. It has some char on it. It wasn't burnt. It wasn't like charcoal it was the just, guy was getting mad because he had to replace our little grill thing way more often than every well, other just, table well that's just well we were like well for, well we don't know that we weren't looking at the other no, table i was that's what i do because you guys were talking about music i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know what the hell you guys were talking about so because <laughs> you're talking about all this music and i don't know what you're saying so you were so it was like what were you know, talking about so what were you talking about we're talking about kendrick lamar kendrick yeah because yeah. you had some really bad music takes rod beard was not impressed with your music takes well, I disagree with Ryan. I think my music take was correct. Uh, like, well, so they think that the Pimple Butterfly is like his best album, and I used to think that. I don't think that anymore. But what was the other one talking about a pimple? To pimp a butterfly. Oh, to, pi- <laughs> <laughs> to pimp a butterfly. See, this is like I can't take this man out because he like he doesn't because he doesn't even know what we're talking about. I swear, you said I thought you were saying pimple. Yeah, the pimple butterfly. <laughs> um, so anyway, like, yeah, like they had to keep changing the grill out because we had uh, two different types of chicken and two different types of marinade. And like, obviously, if you're like, you know, if you're cooking marinated chicken, uh, like the sugars and the marinade are going to burn. Oh so like gosh. every like 20 minutes, the, uh, you know, like it was just the grill that's was just getting supposed baked. to be every 20. You had to do it yeah. every five. But that was the, but that's what's supposed to happen. Like, it's you know, like when you're cooking the food, uh, the meat itself wasn't burnt. It was just the grill was burning. But that's but that's what happens when you cook the meat. It's just that the marinade is going to burn on the grill. But the meat was was perfectly cooked. Like it was delicious. Nobody perfectly? got sick. Yeah, it's perfectly cooked. Easy. It was perfectly cooked, and you had a, an amazing meal. You enjoyed it. Was it. Good. it, it was, was really it good. It was good. I will t- I yeah. will tell you this, Amari. Our friendship has made me expand my horizons in terms of eating there because then. Last night we go to, I don't know what's a place. Somebody put it in the chat. I don't know how they knew where we went, but somebody put it. I'm sure we tweeted it out, yeah. but somebody put it in the chat. Where did we go? Lotus something? Lotus to see him. That's good. I like that food. Yeah. So the uh, Saturday, uh, Vince Ellis, uh, this is like the third year in a row we went. Second year Bryce came. Uh, it's a Thai spot called Lotus to see him. So we got Korean the first night, Thai the second night. So we're just really, I mean, you know, we're just... Trekking all of tonight, Asia. Right after the pod, we're and then going we're going to go get some seafood. Yeah, and, tonight, and uh, get some seafood after we wrap this up in a few minutes. Uh, but Lotus Museum is like one of my favorite restaurants ever. Uh, we go with Vince, and we just ordered a lot of different stuff, like fried prawns, like a couple noodle dishes, egg rolls, soup. Uh, like we had salmon, we had uh, sea bass. Duh. Like we just had like a lot of stuff. Like just duck, just amazing. Like all these different curry, like just all this stuff, and we had like seven people. 
and just like amazing food. Like it's so good. Like I love Thai food and this is just like as good as it gets. And, uh, you know, and then we do it like, I like top style, right? So we yep. saw our place. You just kind of pick and choose what you want. So good. Lo- like Lovers to see them is so good. Well, here's the truth though. Last year. So last year I get invited and you tell me leading up, Vince will order for the table. You don't yeah. got to worry about it. Like we'll just eat like family style. Well, we get there and some of the other people were like, nah, like we just want to order our own thing. So now I'm lost in the shuffle. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to order here. You know, all of that. So I went to Vince because I knew Vince a little better this year. Obviously, yeah. I went to Vince before. We went. I said, Vince, we're ordering family style. Like, I'm yeah. not very assertive about this stuff. I'm like, we are ordering family style yeah. tonight because I don't want to have to figure out what to order. Now, I will say, Lauren... Lauren's the best. Lauren was working the beat mm-hmm. uh, with the Pistons. Now she's with the Hawks. For and AJC. For, for, yeah, and yeah. So she's awesome. But she was sitting there like in my ear like, no, this is really good. This is yeah. what this means. This is what that means. And so yeah. Lauren, Lauren's the go for that. It also took us forever to get our Uber last night too. Like we were yeah, trying to yeah. go to another spot and just hang out after we ate. And we waited in the parking lot. Me, you, and James were there for like 15 minutes just waiting yeah. for it was so, like the same deal as the night before where the app lied and said five <laughs> minutes and then you, 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm just canceling this and ordering a different one. Maybe you have like low stars as a customer on I have amazing, I have like Are you a best. bad tipper, Omar? I feel I'm like about, you're a I bad tip, tipper I on do Uber everything. I'm about to, show, I'm about to show the people. You can't show the people. We're not going to ruin this my Lyft This is going on YouTube. You can't show them your Uber and Lyft account. I'm about to show, this I'm just going to show the stars. I'm just going to show my rating. I'm showing my rating. This is a really bad idea. I'm just going to show my rating. It's going to be backwards I just want you to know that. Like, like, that's cool. Like, I want everybody to know. So Wes brought up a really good point. Lauren was the final yeah. Motor City Hoops podcast guest that we had. Before we went from Motor City Hoops to the Pistons Bulls, Lauren was our final our final guest. That is true. And this is why we keep – Wes is the man, yeah. man. I love you, man. Here it is. So this is just – I'm just going to show – I just want to say this is a bad idea. I'm just going to show my badges. Like, it's just, it's what just is a badge? Name. So, like, I, I lift everywhere. Like, I do lift because I think you get... Now, whenever the guy doesn't show up, like, last two nights, you had to go Uber because lift was whack. Yeah, well, it, Uber's like my second oh, What choice. are we taking to supper tonight? Because we're going to be late. This is why we walk everywhere. We're walking yeah. in 100-degree heat everywhere. Yeah. Because Even Uber, by Vegas standards, the traffic has been awful. Quick, the reason it's so bad, though, is they're having F1 out here. Okay. And so they're redoing the... Sh- they're, like, doing construction on the streets. Because yeah. I don't watch F1, but apparently yeah. they legit race through the streets. Yeah. And so Vegas roads are under construction, and ones that should be three lanes are one lane. Yeah. So well, here we right. go. So uh, five star rider. Uh, I have taken over, I've taken almost 600 lifts like, since I've been covering the league. So that's, it's been a while. Uh, I have 150 plus five star ratings. I'm a five star writer. What's like, your, you what, right what is your overall? Because we're 4.9 on Apple and Spotify. Is your, yeah. is your lift rating better yeah. than 586 our rides? Five star rating. And you know why I have five stars? Because I don't talk. I sit in the back. I mind my <laughs> business. I don't get the car dirty. I sit back there. I chill. Sometimes they talk to me, which is cool. I'm a good conversation. I don't like when they talk to me. I'm I don't like, like when they talk to me. Either. stop talking Sometimes to me. I'll take a lift to the airport at like 4 a.m. Like, and like, bro, I'll just no. get somebody that just drank up and had like a <laughs> shot of coffee, apparently. I, I, I had a dude in L.A. who was like hilarious. He was talking about like his relationship and all this stuff. Like... It was like it was like four a.m. Like I had no energy at all, but I was just being entertained the whole way. And I'm, I'm sure you gave me five stars because I'm a great listener. I I yeah I'm, I don't bring my personality. I have five stars on Uber because I tip really well. I give the what is oh. it like fifteen twenty twenty five. I just always give twenty five percent. I always give them a five star rating and I go on with my day. That's the other one. Oh, here we go. Top tipper, top tipper. What are those real badges? These are real badges. What app is that? Uh, Lyft. Okay, well, if you're five star tipper and rider or whatever it is, why don't our lifts show up on time? 
because we're of the be traffic. Late to supper. I guarantee you we're late to supper because of the drivers. Stars. Because of the drivers. Like, I clearly deserve five star treatment, and the drivers are just lollygagging. Like, you got to cut through traffic. You got to go over the barriers in the middle of the road. Like, you better come pick us up. That like, is this is not true. Like, come on. Like, I like I deserve. Like, we deserve great service, and it's just it's just the traffic in LA is just really bad. We're obviously. in Vegas. We've never been to. I've never been to LA. We're in Vegas. We are in Vegas. <laughs> I just see hot in this palm tree. So I will say this, guys. Summer. I'm, I'm gonna switch you. Think. Summer league is crazy this year. Yeah. Like the last two years, I feel like the crowds weren't that insane. It yeah. wasn't that bad. This year, it's insane. Like the crowds, yeah. the media. I mean, usually at that, even like the after the first game today was crazy. Yeah. You can't. Even, if you guys have been out here, so there's Thomas and Mac, and then there's a the. Uh, Cox Pavilion is yeah. connected right there. You used to be able to just walk into Cox Pavilion and yeah. almost sit anywhere you want. Now there's lines because they'll stop you. They like actually won't let you in until other people leave. And it's like obviously we, you have media. I get media credentials mm-hmm. as well. It, it'll be packed. It, it's turned into a spectacle. And I, I didn't go to NBA Con. I don't think you did either. So I don't know if that was why or whatever. But th- this thing is blowing up. Also the little spear thing. Yeah, that thing is crazy. I think it's stupid. What personally? Oh, my God. It's a waste of electricity. It's like this giant spear. I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter because everybody tweeted it. I'm not tweeting it. I'm not going to give it to free advertising. I tried to it tweet is it, cool. but I couldn't yeah. get it. had a glare yeah. on it, and I couldn't get it. No, it's cool. Like, it could become, like, all these different things. Like, I think, like, they've been advertising Summer League on it, and I think at one point it looked like an actual basketball. Like, it's really cool. Like, technology-wise, it's really cool. But somebody said they spent $2 billion, $2 billion. on it. And that's stupid. Like, nobody needed that. Vegas has enough lights. You didn't need this giant globe. It's just... And everybody tweets it. It gives you free advertising. It's this great thing. It's dumb. It's smart. Smart. Like it's, like, it's smart, but it's dumb. All right. Anything yeah. else about Vegas? What else have we done? Well, we ate at Shaq's spot today. Yeah. Mediocre. Okay. Mediocre. It was- we actually had somebody walk up to our yeah. table. I don't know why he picked us and said... Let Shaq know that this wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if I see Shaq, I'll just tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, your chicken sandwich spot is, it was fine. It was fine. I got like the basic sandwich because I've been like trying to eat like somewhat healthier. And he has like a lot of toppings on it. So he like a mac and cheese chicken sandwich or like buffalo, this and that. I just got the basic chicken sandwich because to me, if the chicken is good, you can just get a couple pickles in there, some sauce and be fine. And it was it, like, it was all right. It, it was, was all right. knockoff Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Like it was fine. It was but fine. But double the price. But double the, yeah, double the price. But it's still like eight bucks for a chicken sandwich in Vegas. It's still like pretty that's good. That's true. That, that's, yeah. that's facts. Because yeah. some of the other stuff we've had to spend money on is ridiculous. So Yeah. The only thing I will say, it's called Big Chicken Sandwich. But <laughs> it was barely bigger than a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Like Shaq's Chicken Chain called Big Chicken Sandwich. It should be like this massive chicken sandwich. It was not a massive sandwich. Like, I'm pretty hungry, man. We're going to go eat in a little bit because that's all I had to eat I'm today. I'm starving, bro. That's yeah. the last time I ate, too. Yeah, I'm starving, too. But... Good food adventures. Uh, Bryce can say it. Like, all the spots I recommend it were fantastic. So I'll put that in my back pocket. Yeah, he's been okay. Okay. I'll take it. It, It's been good. Uh, My wife has been doing Vegas stuff. She went to Kevin Hart last night. She went to Kevin Hart last night. She's at some show today. I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her. Nobody has. I I, I hope she's alive. Like, I hope nobody has. Like, somebody don't have her phone and just text me to, like, make me feel comfortable because I haven't seen her since we got here. So hopefully she shows up to the airport tomorrow whenever we're supposed to hop on the plane and go back and see our kids. So now it's been awesome. Got to meet a lot of really cool people. We can't always shout it out on the pod, but we, 
I got to meet somebody today. Omari introduced me to someone that was really cool to meet. I got to, you know, that's the cool thing about media here is you're, you're literally just walking around and there's Shams and there's, you know, who, you know, Troy Weaver walks right by you and yes. all that stuff. I mean, it's just, I know you're used to that, but for me, even where I go to Pistons games, it's not quite like that. Yeah. So it's been a cool experience. Um, as always, I'm headed back tomorrow morning. You're headed back on Wednesday. Wednesday so I so. got a couple days, unfortunately. I, I can say you, you, you're about to be burnt out, man. It's got to yeah. be about over for it's you. It's just you know, like you talk to everybody. By the time you get to Monday, uh, yeah. everybody's collectively like it's time to go home. And yeah. I'll say the vast majority of media here are leaving on Monday. All right, Din Tai Fong is good. Shine, yes. So Mel, we'll do that next year. We we were gonna go to this. Is, it's my fault. We didn't eat there. So we were gonna go for lunch. Yeah, today. my wife. Yeah. She scheduled it like two weeks ago because of yeah. TikTok or whatever. She went again tonight with her friend but we were going to go today but our earliest reservation i think we get was 11 yeah. 30 and then we wanted to get to the gym on time so that was my fault but yeah that, that food looks good we, yeah. we do got to get to supper tonight though guys thank you for everybody that tuned in watched live it was a crazy turnout for 10 o'clock at night or whatever it is mm-hmm. everybody that you know if you're listening to the pod if we, we got to meet you here at vegas like, Again, shout you guys out. It was so cool to see all the fans, the ratings, the reviews, all of this stuff, man. Like, it just, this is one of those times where it's like you, you get a chance to reflect on the pod and how far we've come, Amari, which is really, really cool. It's been a lot of fun. We love it yeah. and uh, had a good time. So, no, absolutely. It was fun. Uh, another summer league in the books. Like, I got to remind you all that me and Bryce met for the first time like uh, yep. two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Because he brought me into Motor City Hoops podcast. Yep. And then that kind of led to what we're doing now. So, uh, full circle. Thanks, everybody, for staying up late, tuning in. I know tomorrow's a work day for you all. Uh, so, I will go ahead and close this out. And uh, again, big thanks to our audio producer, Robin Chen, our executive producer, Roger Delgado, and our sports editor, Kirkley Crawford. Uh, big shout out to Wes, as always, and looking forward to closing out Summer League when we record again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.